is social, where we try and figure out what is going on so we can know where to go, all wrapped up in a tortilla of sustainability. I'm Derek. And I'm Warren. And today, March 30th, 2020, on the What is So Show, we link up with our good buddy Douglas Davila to talk about plug-in solar. Trying to figure out what solar might look like as the price of panels continue to drop. With solar becoming so much cheaper in the last 10 years, the equipment is no longer the biggest contributor to cost, and it has now shifted to the installation process. In this episode, we cover three main takeaways for the concept of plug-in solar. Firstly, where the solar market is right now for North America and why it is so ready for a change-up, what really is plug-in solar and why it's such an interesting idea, and finally, why hasn't it taken off and what are the findings and thoughts on the subject of a future where people can simply plug in their solar panels? Okay, so on this episode, we're going to talk about plug-in solar. So to get us kicked off, I want to give a little bit of a background of where we are with solar why we think plug-in solar is a decent idea, uh, and more importantly, uh, where it all stemmed from for all of us. So essentially, most people listening probably understand that solar takes sun, converts it to electricity. Typically, you put this solar, these solar panels on your roof. You install it uh, using flashings and various interconnecting systems, um, and that's done all through electricians and builders and professional installers. Um, and basically the design of solar panels haven't changed in about 40 years. Uh, but the idea with plug-in solar, at least from our perspective, um, was to reduce that installation cost. So right now, if you look at the cost of solar panels and the actual cost to install them, uh, the cost of solar panels makes up about, uh, 20 or 30% of the overall, overall cost of the installation. Whereas, 10 years ago, it used to make up 60 or 70% of the cost of a solar installation. Uh, so now the biggest chunk of cost to get solar on someone's roof is actually that installation process. So getting those electricians, getting the permits, um, getting the electricians, uh, and actually running all that wiring and getting it plugged in. Uh, so when we got together, I guess it's almost a year ago, we had the idea to you know, create a modular system that wasn't custom built for each house, but it was more of a, um, you know, two by six kind of a design for your two panels by six panels or two by panels by three panels uh, that would get plugged directly into your house through a plug, uh, typically outside or, you know, as we'll discuss a little bit later, through some 220 volt plugs. Um, so essentially that's the idea. And we have... Myself, Derek Petisano, Warren Boyle, and Douglas Davila here today just to talk about sort of where plug-in solar is, what it is, how it works, and sort of the benefits, um, and maybe a little bit about where we want to see plug-in solar and what would have to happen for it to be valuable uh, in the solar industry and, you know, the, the decentralized energy infrastructure in the long term. So I, I guess the first question um, I'd like to bring up just to get the conversation going I guess I'll, I'll throw it to Douglas. So what, how would you define plug-in solar uh, and maybe describe your experience with solar in the past just to give people an idea of what you've done? Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Derek. Uh, well, yeah, it is It's a great topic, actually. Solar is very uh, known nowadays. And myself, I did a couple installations back in Guatemala where I come from. And yeah, the idea of plug-in solar for me... Uh, 
it wasn't an idea before. I, 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 this began with me because Warren approached me and was like, I want to make solar simple and easy to install. Now, what is a plug-in solar? So it's easy as, as it, as it, as the name it says, like basically you have a solar panel, an inverter, uh, let's call it magic box or brainer brain or controller. And you just connect that into, uh, an outlet into the, in the wall. So it starts running and you can use it and that's pretty much it. It's you can scale it to a bigger uh, size or you can have a pre-built system that fits to your needs. But why, why is it cool? It's because different reasons, right? So but I guess for, we can... So Douglas, for you, I'm, I'm going to go off track here, but did you see a value? So when you were doing installations in Guatemala, did you yeah. see a lot of benefit for something like a plug-in solar modular system? Like, what was it that you saw about plug-in solar that you thought was cool? Maybe even yeah, from I your guess, experience back home? Yeah, definitely. I, I guess uh, from my experience, I can say that the first uh, big no-no was the price of the systems. So when you want to install solar, it's like uh, people want to know when it's going to pay back, basically, and how difficult it is to install. Maybe back there, there wasn't much of an issue that the placement of the, the the system because most of the rooftops are uh, from are made from concrete or cement, so there's no issue with that. Uh, whereas here, you can see like all the roofs are made with uh, wood, which mm -hmm. makes even everything more complicated. You have to take care of that. You you need to know the age of the roof and if it needs like maintenance. I guess uh, that's a, a huge uh, advantage of this system that it's easy to to put it wherever you want and it's not it's not gonna occupy like too much space yeah. and it's affordable i guess it's cool because you can take it whatever you want you just plug it and or unplug it and yeah. runs and stops whenever you 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 wanna you want it so yeah yeah i think for me as a coming from the manufacturing industry looking at the plug-in solar it was kind of a reinvention on the product side like i always kind of saw these custom solutions and this kind of suited better that more standard. When we first got together and made Simple Energy, we wanted to be the IKEA of solar. Yeah. We wanted to sell people the do-it-yourself version of the solar, which is, I think, still true. I think that's still something that has yet to be met, even if, you know, you talk about Elon Musk. Yeah, Tesla took a run at it. With Tesla, their, is he still taking a run at it right now? They're still doing those systems that are, you know, you yeah. get six, ten, or... 14 panels yeah so they've, they've kind of modularized it they're kind yeah, of doing yeah. what i wanted to do like when i first i think i talked to first talked to douglas i'm like let's build these big solar modules and we'll crane them onto a roof and we're gonna yeah. solve we're gonna solve everyone's <laughs> problems and douglas looked at me sideways he's like what are you what are you talking, are you about? talking about how is this a good <laughs> idea i'm like well half the cost is labor or whatever it was 30 to 40 percent and yeah. i know that was that was way different for you Douglas, because yeah. the cost of labor in Guatemala is like, it's so cheap. Like, Definitely, even yeah, even I saved some some costs there because I, I was doing even by myself, and yeah, definitely it's a different scenario. That's why yeah. it makes more sense here. Mm. Yeah, there's some numbers at you, and you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, that is <laughs> a problem. I get it. That's <laughs> yeah, a major yeah, problem yeah. to solve. It's there's a problem there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, craning modules on the roof probably wasn't the 
the solution. But I, st- <laughs> I still remember I was going through our slide decks and we still had that. Our, our original pitch deck was just an icon of a crane, a house, <laughs> and like our little, <laughs> our little solar panel module. Yeah, yeah we it hacked was, a bunch of clip art together. Yeah, I don't know Please. why they accepted us into that program. <laughs> uh, they they almost didn't, but that's just because they thought we were they they thought we had a product and we were ready to sell. Exactly. They, I remember them asking us like, "Why do you need us?" <laughs> like, well, a couple of reasons. <laughs> For anybody listening, this was like an accelerator through UBC that we went through that accepted us kindly. E E E at UBC. Thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah, that was quite a great program, actually. Yeah. That, think, that was time well yeah, spent. Cool. I think we all learned quite a bit. Going on what makes them cool, because I know Douglas talked about this a bit, and yeah. being able to, you can take it with you. And that was a big mm. one for me, where if you put a big solar uh, PV install on your roof, and even if you had a problem with your, and that's why I like the module thing, because if you had a problem with your roof, mm. you could get a crane and crane it down and fix your roof. Or a crane into <laughs> your next house. Because <laughs> cranes are so cheap, but um, the cool thing about this was is that you actually it's two panels in a little box that you plug into your wall, so you could take it with you, and it really opened up the the condominium market and people who rent who would never make a big investment on a rental house. So there's this huge when we were doing our Tam Sam Psalm, and we're like. Half the people in Canada rent. No one, yeah. no one's even selling to these people because they won't buy. And and this was kind of a way a way to to find this market that didn't exist uh, in the traditional solar landscape. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I guess also like a huge difference also is you can go in through or skip a lot of of the process like the formal process to install solar because you don't need too much permits i guess and maybe we're gonna talk about that later and basically you're bypassing some some approvals uh another big thing is like this system as you said like because it's just two panels it's not intended to to replace all the energy that you're consuming that's a big thing that people have to be aware of like this is a small system it's just gonna reduce the consumption or maybe the phantom loads from your appliances and chargers or whatever you want. So yeah, what, what was it? It was like ten bucks a month or something. Yeah, kind of. Well, it depends on the province and the location, right? Yeah, because but like lower mainland, it was it wasn't yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, I mean you're you're paying like ten cents a kilowatt hour. It's pretty hard to make any money on that kind of cost. <laughs> there's there's yeah. producing quite a bit. Um, but I think most of those reasons, like you're talking about not trying to replace your entire energy source and make money on it, that's also because of the issues with it, right? Like we like exactly. it because it's modular. You can mass produce them. Um, it's very simple. You can sort of bypass all the extra effort that you have to put in into electricians and all this other stuff. But also the, maybe a problem. Yes, exactly. There's like a huge, and there's like a reason that people don't do this, right? Like, just to let you bypass all the safety mechanisms that we put yeah. in place. Yeah. So, like, there was a reason that that stuff got bypassed and it's expensive. And I guess maybe we could yeah. talk about that. And there's yeah, a bunch guess, of them. So, maybe. Yeah, I guess now that you're mentioning all of that. So, why, why this, this is sound, sounding very cool and the idea sounds very great. And, like, why, why not? Right. It's, 
I guess this is yeah. the, the big thing now. So why, if this idea is like so great, what's making that don't, don't go any, any further? Yeah. Let, let's not burn down our house, I think is probably the best way to put it. Um, so, <laughs> so can, the, can you explain that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the things that the plug-in solar gets around um, is, so you don't need a building permit and you don't need an electrical permit. So a building permit is required because you're putting it on your roof. Uh, and then I know in Vancouver, in some places, they you actually have to apply for a, they, get, they, they go around and ask your neighbors if it's okay to put panels on the roof. Anyway. Because so it's, it's, it's like a, an eyesore thing? Yeah, I think so. It's a super lengthy, lengthy process already. So you need a building permit, an electrical permit. Then your installers would come. They'd put your system on the roof. And then you have to apply for your net metering contract with your utility company. And mm -hmm. so you've, ar you've already paid for this $30,000 system that's sitting on your roof. <laughs> and you're just sitting there waiting <laughs> for the utility to say, okay, go ahead, turn yeah. it on now. And it was yeah. like week weeks that it would take them where you're just kind of, I wish I could turn this awesome thing i just paid a bunch of money <laughs> for on it's like oh, it's like when you order something online and instead of a two-day delivery it's like four weeks and oh you, you can't yeah. get your 3d printer that's not enough about amazon <laughs> yeah it's like a two-day delivery and all of a sudden it's three weeks um yeah so you you get around all of these uh these permitting this permitting process and uh but you also get around the the inspections which are kind of like the safety mechanism built in for people not burning their house down um, so there's a bunch of risk associated with plug-in solar because if you don't do it properly which is 98 percent of the time uh you've created this inherent um so, um so i guess stepping back from how like your house electrical system works you've got a breaker which feeds a circuit and that circuit, let's say it has three plugs on that mm -hmm. and that's it. And then you've got a solar, this plug in solar system that's plugged into that circuit. And then you've got a hairdryer that's running. And if that solar panel is on, so the in, inside of your circuit breaker or your circuit panel, that 15 amp breaker that's in there is making sure that no more than 15 amps of current enter into that circuit but if you're feeding it from the opposite end the, those actually cancel out and so mm -hmm. you, you could that if that hairdryer shorts out you could be getting the full 15 amps from your circuit breaker plus whatever your solar panel is putting out and that is kind of the inherent problem with it and there's yeah so even if you so the, even if you limited your solar panel to 15 amps, which is what a normal circuit is rated for, you could potentially have 30 amps in any particular wire. If, mm -hmm. let's say, your, your hairdryer trips out and it asks for 30 amps, you could yeah. actually have 30 amps in that cable, which, of course, is not rated for. And so if, and Warren mentioned the insurance, if insurance came and your house burned down, they would be like, what's that solar thing doing? And so that <laughs> wire that could be potentially overloaded, even if there was nothing else plugged in, that insurance company is going to come to you and say, we won't pay you because you put this thing in here that isn't rated for this proper yeah. thing. And I think so, that's where we ended. 
yeah, I guess that goes back to the electrical code and constraints that it has. And I guess it has to be CSA approval here in Canada. And but we didn't like we tried to find we tried to revisit this and try to find information on the end device powering. Yeah, so the, at the very end of the program, device, yeah, yeah, at the very end of the program, I, I thought, but I can't find it now that there's this code in the CEC that said you shall not energize a circuit from an end device, kind of full stop. Uh, and I just can't find that anymore. And so this guy who his name is um, uh, Mandata, he did this paper on a, a review of technical requirements for plug-in solar PV. Very efficient. Uh, yeah, totally. And he, but he went in through and he reviewed the uh, NEC, which is the U.S. equivalent, and, and he couldn't find anything specifically prohibited, prohibited huh. it. Um, there was a bunch of, you kind of had to uh, take a bit of creativity in the interpretation of the specifications. Um, yeah, I feel like an end, like powering, power generation from an end device just wouldn't be something that me as an electrical engineer designing these electrical codes. Yeah, everything's, like, oh, this is probable. Everything's written around uh, like, a, like a fuel source generator where yeah. you would have, um, they're all emergency generators, so you'd have a transfer switch, which would isolate yeah. the main breaker from, the. neither of them could be on at the same time. But that's because with a generator, it's got a bunch of rotating, it's a piece of rotating equipment. So it could get damaged. And yeah, so if it, you could blow it up if yeah. you, if it was out of phase when it yeah. energized it itself. So if this system is connected to the, an outlet and it, it cannot be like in, it has all these problems i guess also it doesn't run backwards your your meter right so how, how is that going against the traditional systems that normally require like a net meter uh net metering application so can, can you can you explain that a little more how, how Eric, is different? Wanna, wanna yeah that? i guess so typically in a solar panel arrangement if if in let's say you're in canada typically what you would do is you would get your solar panels on the roof you'd wait your three weeks for them to turn it on and then your utilities would be able to actually receive energy and so typically what you would get is a meter that would be able to roll backwards or in some places uh it would actually record the energy and pay you a specific price for that amount yeah but in this case yeah that's the feed-in tariff right where you actually get paid more for Mm-hmm. the electricity that you generate yeah so if you were in ontario 10 years ago you'd be able to get paid you know three or four times the cost of electricity and so the economics actually worked out really well for solar that doesn't exist anymore so what happens now is your meter rolls back and discounts the amount of energy you've used but this system would essentially not do that you would just feed energy into your panel and it would get consumed in whatever kind of power applications you're using so yeah, if your right. fridge is running or your uh, so it just, lights it would are slow on. down your meter basically exactly so instead of rolling it back or doing anything on the meter side you're just not using as much energy from the perspective of your utility uh, yeah and that's over like a, a billing cycle like you could have an inst- instantaneous 
thing where nothing's running yeah. in your house and there's a bunch of sun shining and I think your meter would run backwards for a bit, but over the billing cycle, it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And that, that also depends on the meter they have installed. So that's some meters point. just can't roll back because they yeah. were designed before that was a consideration. Um, so I don't know how it works in BC, but a lot of meters are just old and that's part of the actual right. solar process is getting right. that. Meter one of those, upgraded. It depends answers. Yes. <laughs> depends on where you are. Um, and then I guess the other, the other reason that we, that we ran into issues when we were considering, you know, what to use them for was where we could actually put them. Yeah. They're big. If anyone hasn't seen a solar panel before we, we made those MVPs, minimal, minimal viable products yeah. of, out of two by fours and um, chicken wire. <laughs> and we even made a meter by meter, which is half the size of a typical, typical yeah. panel. And still lugging that thing around was like, people yeah. looked at us like we were crazy. Like, what the hell? <laughs> knocking on doors, not trying to sell anything. I just yeah. want to ask you some questions. Yeah, we were hard. We were, we were leveraging UBC pretty hard at that point. We were like, yes, we're students. <laughs> this is research. We're not trying to start a business. We promise even though yeah. we totally were trying to use them going back to our mentors or CEOs. Yeah. So yeah, solar so panels are big and how much do they weigh? I think it's like 20 kilos. Almost 20 40 kilos. Pounds. Yeah. Something. Cause yeah, I mean, it's, it's glass and aluminum, right? Like, yeah, it's a yeah. big thing. And when they're on your roof and that's probably the reason for the building permit, you get a bunch of wind loads and snow loads. Okay. And so they're pretty robust things. Yeah. Um, so trying to put them somewhere else, not on the roof, was challenging. Yeah, because our idea was like, let's make an awning or like let's throw it above our patio, but without like significant infrastructure, that's <laughs> it's not really feasible. Yeah. So I think yeah. probably the best one, at least I think, that we came up with was where it mounted underneath the soffit on the wall of the of your garage let's say and oh, then yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. the the arm that bent around so the panels were still out of the way over over your yeah. roof but they didn't actually penetrate through your roof and then there's this crazy bracket that kind of came down and that's and right bolted. we were walking down alleyways trying to figure out how to mount these things without <laughs> going through your yeah. shingles on your roof yeah and then oh, you're yeah. really getting away from the one size fits all mentality that we were trying to yeah make make happen and if anybody yeah. in listening has a better idea please let us know we'd love to hear a better yeah mounting. yeah i guess like now we can six we can, or yeah. eight panel configuration or if they know what that if they know what code number that is that says you can't energize a circuit from an end device because yeah. i could not find it yeah <sighs> well yeah i guess now we can we can move to so if all of these are the complications so what is in the market now what are the solutions and Maybe you can explain a little bit more, like which ones are more feasible or why not? Or yeah. So, so there's the Amazon ones, which are probably the worst. And they basically just say, here's this cool thing. And we've, we've taken a normal solar inverter and put a male extension cord end on it. <laughs> yeah, and, so, yeah. And they're like, have at her. Yeah, good luck. Um, yeah, good luck with that. So we kind of talked about why that's a bad idea. Um, and then there's some more sophisticated ones. 
Um, I think it was the, the current Indiegogo one is uh, Legion Solar. And they've done a slightly better job in at least trying to explain to people like what circuits are the most appropriate. And the most appropriate one is a circuit that has only one plug. And that's the one that you're plugging into. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, their solutions around that were pretty terrible. It was, but we're, we're going to give you these um, plugs that you... Like fake plugs. Yeah, I got two kids. So the things that you put in your plugs to make sure your kids don't electrocute themselves. We're just going to give you a bunch of those things and hope no one pulls them out at any yeah. time. <laughs> you have to one figure out that it's on the same circuit as that. Yeah, how do you even just do that? Not right? use it. Yeah, yeah, for someone who's trying to avoid that stuff, maybe you're like a handy do-it-yourselfer. But I'd not imagine everyone. people who look at this probably oh, yeah. have no real good way to do that. It's hard enough to like figure out what light bulb or what outlet a, a circuit breaker is oh, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got- and the other thing that they don't specify on Legion specifically is they they show that the solar panel is connected to the first plug in the circuit, which right. is extremely key. If the if if you plug in that solar into the second or third plug or fourth or fifth, anywhere but the first one, you're no longer protected at all from anything, even if you put individual breakers on all the plugs. And maybe I didn't explain that in detail. And enough, yeah. but that was the other, yeah. That, w- their solution of having those little thermal breakers, where yeah. You, so they what what they recommended was putting on uh, on every plug that isn't being used is an individual uh, amp rating. So you would, if that plug goes over a certain amount of amps, yeah. Um, if then if you knew protected. how many plugs were on your circuit, you would so take you to, that and divide by the number of plugs, and then yeah. figure out your thermal breaker size which works in theory if you plug it into that first plug but if you put it into the second one that whole math calculation doesn't work anymore yeah because you're in the middle of the circuit as opposed to on the front end and you yeah anyways there's those are yeah that's the problem with all of those systems so there's one guy that had and i think he has a couple patents for it and it is um a ct which is a current uh current transformer so it's a coil of wire that senses current flowing in another wire you run the wire through the coil Mm -hmm. and he installed these inside of his circuit uh breaker panel and then he used the readings from those cts to throttle the solar inverter and reduce the amount of power or energy yeah power it was uh putting out uh and so that was that's probably the most refined solution but it adds a bunch of cost that we're kind of trying to get away from because you now you need an electrician to come and install those cts yeah Hmm. yeah you're kind of going at it in the same kind of mentality where you maybe just break even with a typical installation which kind of avoids the whole problem and then the most interesting one to us that no one's done yet, and we're going to let everybody listening, all two of you who might listen to this, uh, in on our possible solution of using a dryer plug. That was something that we wanted to do uh, when we kind of went through our program where we're trying to figure out how we can make this work. Um, and the reason we like that idea, maybe, Douglas, you can explain a little bit about why a dryer plug is an interesting one. Yeah, sure. I um, I guess... It's because it's a dedicated circuit or, well, it can, you can basically connect it in 
it's feasible because it allows you to connect something that it has this the enough power like enough voltage and in this case like the dryer plug is like what like 220 or 480 yeah. even so so yeah, yeah i guess yeah, yeah right. i guess that's why it makes it more appealing and easy the complication though will be like trying to bring the cable all the way to the dryer or maybe adding more stuff um but also it it allows to basically connected very easily to 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 your current system without yeah, adding all you have cost. to do is all you have to do is make sure your dryer's not running and you can feed power if your yeah, dryer's which, not running you open up the circuit to feed power into your yeah your it'd circuit really, panel it would be a really simple box to to build that would make do that control yeah so if anybody yeah. wants to take over a great idea please do so but give us royalties yeah, yeah, yeah I'm because, out around. <laughs> have at have at her. No one cares about their electrical bill. Yeah. And no one <laughs> yeah. no one wants to buy solar. Yeah, if you find think it's cool. Yeah. If you find a market that has cares about their electricity bill and thinks it's cool, then yeah. you guys have a market. Go for it. You should yeah. really go after this thing. Definitely another country, that's for sure. Not in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where we are in British Columbia and Canada is not uh no one no one cares. No one cares about their electricity bill. So a last question I'd like to ask to you guys and get your thoughts on what what you guys think, where you guys think plug-in solar is going. What is next? And, and yeah. if you think there's even a future for it, or if you think it's just going to be a bunch of people uh, like Legion popping up on Indiegogo, continually taking people's money. Because yeah. I think they've raised almost $2 million at this point. So. Yeah, it's crazy. That makes me uh, want to just do well, an Indiegogo. And, I guess... And, Go yeah. <laughs> I guess to me, like there's a there's a chance, maybe not for households or maybe for portable devices uh, like RVs or something like that, or yeah, appli different applications. But for houses or condos, or it's quite complicated, as you said. Like if someone can find like a market in a specific place where the bill is important, well, that makes sense. Yeah, and mm -hmm. the only way to uncomplicate it is to have bas basically the government say that these things are okay now and yeah. to build in even part of the building code to put a uh, like a, a plug-in solar ready plug on the outside of your house that has just a dedicated circuit mm. um, or it's yeah it's own circuit breaker and so then you kind of eliminate all the safety issues and and then the only other big thing i think would be having uh, and it doesn't need to be all the systems, but have your utility like BC Hydro, have them just approve like a couple of these. Like these are okay, and it has to be below this size. And if you do that, you don't need to go through the whole net metering process. You guys can yeah. just letter letter buck basically. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a good point. I think if you can have the utility get behind it, and also. Man, I think it, I think that would be an amazing idea just to have a yeah. a dedicated plug-in solar. But again, maybe somebody listening knows better than us. If you just did a dedicated plug-in solar plug uh, for a house without actually running anything, is there something wrong with power generation from an end device into the system? Maybe that's a good place to end it. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks, guys.